Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 120. We're talking about travel and snail mail, postage while you travel. Yeah, today's show is inspired by one of our listeners and Twitter friends, um, at Guy and Girl Travels. So they asked, do you have a podcast on light souvenir shopping or international post offices? The answer is no. So that's what we're going to cover today. We'll also talk about using post restant, earth class mail and post office boxes. While this isn't going to be much help for those who take shorter trips, the perpetual nomads amongst us are going to find some really great tips in here. Yeah, it's been interesting living without a postal address for, what, three years? It's really quite hard. I mean, (laughs) we've had it good because my dad has taken it upon himself to look after that side of things for us. We have a post office box and he collects the mail from there and sends it on to us. Talk about that later. but But yeah, I mean, we were lucky that it's not always that easy. Yeah. Before we go any further, stop. We have a request to make of you. Linda and I um, entered a competition last week to win a three-month paid blogging trip around New Zealand. That is pretty cool. Yeah, if we win, we'll be able to spend the summer on the road rather than working in Auckland to pay for 2010. We're going (laughs) to be going to South America, which is pretty cool. But um, we we really want to travel around New Zealand because, as I'm sure you are aware, we're really, 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 really quite like New Zealand. And we'd like to see as much of it as we can. So it would be great if we could win it. Yep. And, of course, we'd be able to share it with all of you guys. You know, I mean, it might be a bit jealousy-inducing, but, you know. That's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there were over 300 original entries, and they paired it down to a top 10. We're in that top 10. Yes. And, um, but we need to be in the top three yes, uh, by next Tuesday. Only three people go into the final interview stage. And to get there... We've been set up with a blog, and we need to get as many followers as we can. And people with the most followers are in the top three. Yep, so the site's entirely worldfamouscraig.blogspot.com. That's a heck of a mouthful. So I have links to it from the Indie Travel Podcast homepage and pretty much every page in the site. But please go there, visit um, over the weekend or on Monday... And click the follow button. It's Google Friend Connect. So you can sign in with Google, Yahoo, OpenID. There's a couple of other things you can sign yeah. in with. But it's all about numbers. It doesn't matter how cool we are. If we're not in the top three numbers-wise, we don't get an interview. Yeah. So, so please, it, please, please. It's by Tuesday. So as soon as you hear this, please go to the site and click follow because we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, we would indeed. And um, that'll keep our shows interesting over the next three months. Yes. So today's show doesn't have a sponsor, which is a bit sad. I'm sure you wanted us to advertise something on the podcast. (sighs) But if you know a travel company that would fit in well with what we do here, then please let us know and also let them know, because we'd love to talk to them about sponsorship. Indeed. Well, on to uh, some content. Today's first question was, how about light souvenir shopping? What (laughs) kind of things can we buy that doesn't mean you're carrying around 25 kilos of stuff let's put it nicely stuff to give to your family and friends when you get home let's just put this question in context when we left new zealand no 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 when we left new zealand (laughs) we first went to hong kong and um it was our first stop okay so we're only there for a few days and we were planning on spending what was it two to five years traveling I mean, hypothetically, we were going to be staying in one place for a year or so and maybe setting up shop and all that. We didn't, but that's another story. And so we were walking around the markets and Craig's like, oh, 
Look at that nice marble chess set. Is it was it? awesome. No. <laughs> it was awesome, yes. But what were we going to do with it? Because if you posted at home, it was going to cost an arm and a leg. And if you kept it, you're going to have to carry it. And we already had too much stuff because, as it I'm was, sure you're aware, we weren't very intelligent when we first started traveling. It was a travel set. No, it wasn't. It said it was. Well, whoever had had made it obviously had a spare camel or horse to carry it because <laughs> you, you wouldn't have wanted that on your back. No, was, you're right. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, let's buy this nice artwork, you know, Misha Square, beautiful painting. I think it was like Hong Kong night skyline. I think Very so. Nice. You know, but the harbour, the star ferry, the skyline. <laughs> A, postage, I mean, the dimensions meant that it would have cost heaps. And we certainly couldn't carry it. probably couldn't have even got it on a plane. So... Yeah, not the best idea. So we're awesome at shopping for light souvenirs. Yeah, we bought nothing in the end. Actually, we bought a few things for some friends, and they worked out really well. They did. We bought like a little um, a purse for our, for our friend Ange, who'd been looking for one, and she was so excited because it was perfect. And you know, pat on the back for that one. Oh, good. <laughs> so what are some ideas? Um, small purses are often cheap, light. They'll fit. In an envelope, so yeah. you just post them home in a standard envelope. That's yeah, we got good. some really good ones of those in um, in Turkey. Mm. They were like one or two lira each, and they're the right size for our iPods, which was quite nice. Yeah, and you could also put something else inside them, so it made it just something yeah. extra. So you take the small small purse, put a little trinket in it, and yeah. post it away. That was good. That was cool. What else was good in Turkey? I'm thinking earrings. of earrings. Those earrings rocked. They had some really cool earrings, just quite simple, dangly ones. I think they were made of copper and then painted. And they look really nice, but they were small, they were light, and, you know, I think that's what we put into the little case and set yeah. on. And they're quite inexpensive as well, so if they did get lost somewhere in the world of, you know, postal mail, yeah. that was that was fine, not well, a problem. Well, that's the thing about, about souvenirs. You don't want to spend heaps on them, because if you're buying them for yourself, you want a memory, and it doesn't have to be an expensive one. And if you're buying them for other people, it's more important to show that you're thinking of them than that you spent heaps of money on them. So don't feel like you have to spend lots and lots of money, because you don't. Hmm. What else is some some small light souvenirs that work well? We bought some shawls in Turkey as well. Turkey is a really good place for souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, those, those were really nice. And, um, you know, they packed up well and they were light and you could just squish them anywhere in your suitcase. So that was good. Hmm. Um, other jewellery as well. Yeah. In, in Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, there was a lot of amber, and they had bracelets, and um, I think... Oh, yeah, we got some guys' bracelets as well that were quite nice, some leatherwork mm-hmm. ones. So bracelets are really good, necklaces. Yeah. Jewellery is a really good option. Oh, yeah, I mean, we try hard when we're buying souvenirs to get things that people can wear or use rather than just sit on a mantelpiece. Mm-hmm. I guess that's our kind of practicality yeah. shining through. that's right. But um, CDs are really good. Sometimes you can find... Um, you know, best of Britney Spears for only like 50 cents. Yeah, it's that's, amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> I know, we've got to put a Rico. We could buy, you know, like Tito Albumino or something like that. Tito. <laughs> oh, are you going to share this obsession with the whole world? Nope. Linda's <laughs> <laughs> fallen in teenage love with Tito <laughs> Albumino, who's a uh, Puerto Rican reggaeton singer. Oh, my goodness. It's, um, it's reggaeton. Reggaeton. My apologies. But it's on the iPod 24-7. It isn't. I just like one or two of his songs. I don't like them all. 
and I have been enjoying it, but Tito has actually made my week fantastic, so I'm going to stand by him, even though his music is spectacularly abominable. (laughs) I'm well aware of it, and I know it's embarrassing. It's like admitting that I listen to the Backstreet Boys or something, but I used to, okay? (laughs) So, yes, CDs of local artists can be a uh, a good souvenir for your friends. Oh, a really good souvenir for yourself is a T-shirt. We'd always do this. We'd buy a T-shirt somewhere, and then you'd wear it, and when it wore out, you can just throw it away. And what was good about this is that you, you had your souvenir with you, and even though you don't necessarily keep it for that long because it's going to wear out if you're traveling hard, it's in all the photos. Hmm. So I had this really cool T-shirt from Malta. I think it had a butterfly on it and Malta on it. I really liked it, and it just, you know, I, I got it in Malta, so that was in, like, 2006. Hmm. And I used it for two years, and it never came home because it died. Yeah. But I've still always got the photos, so that's part of the memory. Yeah, I mean, everything that you buy on the road and you wear can be a souvenir. That's it's quite right. fun getting dressed sometimes and going, right, I got my shoes in That's Austria. That's right, yeah. I got my socks in Switzerland, and I got my trousers in England, and I got my top. It's I was once wearing fun. my outfit from 10 different countries. It was wow. spectacular. Maybe it wasn't that many. It must have been in Europe then, because yeah, it, it was pretty it was, cold it was for so 10 cool. layers. Yeah. Oh, no, I was talking about my socks today, because I got these socks in Paris, and I said to the guy, I said, oh yeah, because I was getting fitted for some shoes. And um, I said, oh, yeah, I got the first lot of these socks in the Netherlands, and the other one's in Paris. He's like, um. (laughs) Okay, so you've got really well-traveled socks. I'm like, yeah, the socks themselves have probably been to about 15 countries. He's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Postcards are really good. Uh, If you're sending postcards to all of your friends, um, send one to home, wherever that is. Send one to um, the person who's looking after your mail, and when you get back, you'll have a couple of dozen postcards you can look through. It's something physical and Mm. tangible as well, um, which differentiates it from photos that you take. One thing we always used to do was collect um, patches from every country we went to. We sewed them on our bags, which we've kind of grown out of now, but I'm thinking about getting, I don't know, maybe making a a wall... um, picture out of it getting a photo frame and sticking mm. them all on and so you've got something from every country you've been to and it's, it's light it's something that's easy you can just either put on your bag or in your bag it doesn't take up much space and for us it was something to look for in the souvenir shops because mm. we don't really like souvenir shops and we didn't really want to collect spoons or anything like that and that was something for us to to get and anyway the souvenir shops are quite interesting because just seeing what they sell can be mm. an education in itself oh it sure can Another thing that can be a good souvenir is money. Make sure you're allowed to take the money out of the country, because in some countries you aren't. But um, one or two of the coins is quite mm-hmm. a good souvenir. A couple of coins, maybe a couple of low-value notes. Our friend Anatha does this. Mm. Um, gets a photo frame with some money, um, maybe a few photos from the trip, um, bus tickets, just little bits and pieces, and puts together a collage that she um, sticks on a wall. It's so cool. All up the stairs, there were, I think they had five or six of them at the time. Mm. And it was just really magic because it, yeah. it really, I, I think it encapsulated the idea of that trip. You know, mm. you had the photos, you had the money, you had a couple of bits of realia. It was just, it was cool. Yeah, it was. So that's something really useful if you're doing lots of short trips. Yeah. Well, um, I think think unless you've got any other ideas that pretty much exhausts a good list of cheap portable easily mm. postable um gifts yeah definitely i mean you can always get other things i all other things i like to collect were um sweets mm. when my dad traveled he'd always bring back sweets from the country if you were allowed to bring them in and it was great to see what kids in that country ate 
for sweets. Mm. And when I came back from Kenya, I bought a whole bunch of sweets, and they were atrocious. They were so awful. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know. Yeah. Whenever I go to Australia, I always buy the caramel koalas and Fredo frogs, which you can get here now, which is a bit sad. Mm. But yeah, that's. I think that's quite a good souvenir if you're going for a short trip. It's just it's something inexpensive, but something. Oh, quite tangible and quite, you know... Edible. Edible. <laughs> edible is important. Part, yeah. Well, at Guy and Girl Travels also want to know about international post offices. So I guess the real question behind there is how do you deal with mail when you don't live in one place? Mm. If you're moving every couple of weeks, if you've got no fixed plans, if you don't know where you're going to be next Tuesday, how do you deal with mail? Yeah, it's a hard one because if you're traveling for a long time, you're going to have some sort of commitment somewhere. I mean, we, we cut off as much as we could, and we still had lots of mail coming in. Mm. We, we tried to cut off all bank correspondence. We paid all our taxes. We did everything, everything. But we still had so much stuff coming in, we couldn't believe it. Luckily, we have a post office box, and we share it with my brother and sister. And my dad very kindly emptied it once a week or so. And when there was a pile of mail, he'd put it into an envelope give me a call or send me an email and go, so where are you? And can I send it on? Yeah. And it was sometimes quite a roundabout way to get to us because mm. we might go, okay, um, well, next week we're going to be in Chertsey. Ring up Chertsey. Hi, guys, we're coming to stay with you next week. Oh, are you? Yes. Okay, good. Um, so can we send some mail? <laughs> <laughs> or at one point, when we were living in Austria and traveling around a bit, he'd send it to our boss in Canterbury who would then send it out with one of the other teachers <laughs> And then pass it on to us. Yeah, it was hand delivered. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. fantastic. Um, Sometimes I, it was coming from Europe. Went yeah. from Europe. The mail went from Europe to New Zealand. Sat around in New Zealand for a bit. Dad put an envelope. It went back to <laughs> to England, and then went over to Austria. <laughs> yeah, where well, we had a hand delivered. Um, yeah, pile of three months worth of mail. Yeah. The moral of the story is always get in touch with us by email. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so that's how we handled it. We had a uh, family member at home who was happy to sort, throw out all the junk mail, and um, also who we were happy to kind of open mail on our behalf and yeah. and of, read it and send it on. Of course, the the real trick is to try to cut down on snail mail as much as possible. Mm. If you can get your, um, like your bank statements by email or anything at all that you can get by email yeah. instead of by post, do it. And now, we rang up quite a few places that don't offer that as a standard yeah. and tried to negotiate with the people in the office to actually scan it and email yeah. it, and it didn't really happen. work. Yeah. Um, office systems just don't seem to have really digitized. Yeah. And so, you know, we just ended up with all of this dead paper that was being sent around the world. It was a yeah. horrible waste. If you are going to be getting a lot of mail still coming in after you've left... The best thing to do is find a friend or family member who is happy to kind of take responsibility for it for, it for you. Even if it just means being sent to their house, they put it in a pile until you come back. Or once every two months, they send it on to you. Mm. Because Now, if you've got a bit of a budget, though, there are services that kind of do this for mm. you. Um, the example I'm thinking of is called Earth Class Mail, but there are other companies that do the same service. So with Earth Class Mail, you get all of your mail sent to them. Um, I think it's uh, well, it's mainly a US postal address, but I'm not sure if you can, if they have offices in other countries, but I know New Zealand's got an equivalent and mm. different companies for different countries. Your mail gets sent there and they take a photograph of the envelope 
and they send you that photograph. So at that point, you can choose to have it shredded, have it opened and scanned, and um, after they've scanned it, then you can choose to either have it forwarded to an address or shredded. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's crazy. I've never heard of this. It's great. All of the mail goes to one place. Mm -hmm. Um, They respect your privacy, so they don't automatically open it. You get to choose if it's obviously junk mail, shred it. If it's something personal and confidential, you can get them to forward it to you. Um, Or you can have them open it, scan it, shred the original. That's fantastic. It's it's a really good service. So if you've got a bit of a budget, um, this is an automated way to maybe keep your parents' eyes off of your mail. Yeah. And um, do the same... Do the same thing that we've organized with our family. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just the same as having your family do it, only it's a professional service. Mm. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing that puts me off that was um, the cost. We've basically yes. got the same service for free. So Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But um, I think Earth Class Mail and services like it are probably the solution yeah, um, definitely. for dealing with it. So you're on the road, your family member's got a pile of letters for you, and you actually need to get them. Um, Quite often, you can get them sent to your hotel or hostel, but I really don't like that very much. Mm. There just seems to be too much chance of something going missing, especially if you're staying in kind of a cell-phoned hostel rather than the Hilton down the road. Yeah. What we usually did was got it sent to our work if we were working, we got it sent to the language school we worked for and in two or three different countries. Three different countries, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, Or if we were staying with relatives at any time in the near future, we just got it sent there. That yep. worked really well. Um, we, we tried to use post restaurant once, yeah. and it didn't work for us because of the courier thing. They won't accept couriers in Spain. But um, post restaurant is probably one of the best options mm. if you're not somewhere safe like if you're not somewhere where people will respect your mail (laughs) yeah so post restaurant is a service that's run by um post offices around the world so you can get it addressed to your name post restaurant and the address of the post office and um they'll hold it there for a certain amount of time yeah people drop it in the mail and they just hold it for you you normally need to bring in your passport or some other valid form of id uh to claim it but you can just walk up to any post office in the world and go have you got any mail for us any (laughs) mail post restaurant yeah um i don't know we might be able to get some good freebies that way (laughs) (laughs) um now there's a standard address that you should use look it up before you get someone to send you mail there i'm pretty sure it's last name comma first name blah, 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 post-restaurant country. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worth getting that exactly right, just mm-hmm. because you don't want it going missing. Yeah. And when you go to pick it up, make sure they check under your first name and your last name. Yeah, Because depending on, depending on the country you're in, they might have filed it as Linda or as Martin. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is problematic, um, but not too problematic. No, in fact, it's make, not problematic at all. Twice. It's just fine. get it's them to check. Yeah. Yep. Especially if you're expecting something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, post response are a really useful service. You've got um, basically free centralized mailboxes in every major city in the world. You just need to know that you're getting mail. That's the problem. I mean, yeah. you, can't, <laughs> you can't just go to the post office and go, oh, have you got any mail for me? Because well, if you're staying somewhere for a few months, you well, could just is true. check in every couple of weeks and this is get true. all of your mail directed there. Yes. I mean, if you are going there for a long time, that's a good point. However... I mean, most of the time, by then you'd have a, an address, so you could just get it sent to your that's address. That's true. 
I mean, I guess it's kind of dying out a bit now with email. It yeah, used to that's be, it. No? You'd, you'd get your letter from home, yeah. post restaurant. Yeah. I'm off to Thailand for a year. Yeah. See you later. Phone Care every of couple Hancock. of months. <laughs> yeah. And just get everything, yeah, sent care of the main city. Every time you passed through, you'd go yeah. and check the post restaurant. But those days are dying. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone saying the other day that they were so sad that those days were going because they wanted to be cut off completely mm. from their family and friends, <laughs> yeah. which isn't, well, you know, <laughs> I quite like being in contact. But I think, you know, you need to be able to cut off a little bit. But, you, I mean, if you're going by email, you can just commit to checking your email a little less. Mm. You know, you don't have to. Once every couple of months, for example. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'd need to tell your family and friends that you were going to do that. Yeah. Like that guy, you know, the the one whose girlfriend thought that he'd left her because he went to Europe for two weeks. That was awesome. Find that on YouTube if (laughs) you don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) I still haven't Uh, seen it. You're going to have to show me. Ange summarized it for me, which was fantastic, but I still need to see the video. Yeah. Brilliant video. Um, well, that's us for today, talking about light souvenirs, international post, and how to deal with post when you don't actually have an address. Yeah, let us know what kind of souvenirs you buy when you're traveling, mm. and whether they're light and, you know, yeah. and if you've how got, they can be with ours. If you've got any better ideas for um, mailing, that would be really useful. It's something really practical that we're dealing with all the time. Yes, definitely. Now, remember to grab your subscription to the Indie Travel Podcast magazine. Or buy yourself an Indie Travel Podcast t-shirt. Yeah, they just arrived. Well, the screen printer told me they were going to arrive today. Five o'clock, Korea hasn't shown up. Mm. Be arriving tomorrow. However, the magazines have arrived. We've got mm. a great big pile of magazines in our hallway. It's yeah. very cool. And they look great. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so get in there. That place spotter prize we spoke about last week, um, 600 euro ticket anywhere in the world. That is still available. So, was 800 um, euros. Ah, that was my mistake. I fixed that up in the show notes. It was 860 US dollars ah. value, but the actual prize is in euros. Gotcha. So my mistake, my apologies, I mean, 600 euros is not to be stopped <laughs> at. Um, and that's valid for anywhere you want to go. So placespotter.com. Yeah, definitely. And also head down to entirelyworldfamouscraig.blogspot.com and follow us. Mm. I don't know why it's just Craig. I mean, I suppose if it was Craig and Linda, it would be a bit long, but still. It's long enough already. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing we'll need another couple of hundred votes before things close off uh, lunchtime Tuesday, New Zealand time. So that's probably Monday for most of you. When you hear this podcast, go, go look go, up go. the site, hit follow. Um, you can use your Google, Yahoo, or a couple of different um, email addresses to sign in and follow it. Yeah, make sure you only do it once because apparently we'll get disqualified if you try to help us out yeah. by following us it would suck to have aliases. you know 500 you know more entries than anyone else and they somehow find out that you are that 500 people <laughs> <laughs> but anyway whether we win or not we love getting your emails your tweets and general love so keep them coming in and until next week travel well <laughs>